Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, good morning. 1620 The Zone, you're on your uh, commute this morning. I would avoid the area of, uh, well, any, anywhere on 72nd right now. I don't mean to steal the thunder of the traffic guy, Chris. From the, we have a new sponsor. Yeah. What is the? Uh, Zoom. Zoom Drain? Drain? Zoom Drain. Okay. Welcome, Zoom Drain. Oh, a Zone Drain. Well, at first I thought it was Zone as well, but then I realized, wait, I think he's saying Zoom. What happened to the Burton Traffic Center? Let me, let me just double check this. Make sure that it that's. It like Zone Drain on it does, zone. it does sound like that. I see I the selling point. So I don't want to I don't want to steal his thunder on any traffic report, but I'm gonna give you an update. It's a team. If you are traveling on 72nd, north of Dodge, 72nd and Crown Point, uh, be prepared to lose maybe a wheel, <laughs> maybe an axle. Yeah. Somebody yesterday during the drive, uh, they were so upset at our show. They met, you know they ran right into a pothole. They lost their tire. Mm-hmm. So this would be a great time. And you know, I mean, this town people people keep receipts, especially when you mess with our roads. Yep. Like if your roads aren't plowed, if your roads are in bad shape, when it becomes election time, a lot of people remember those things. Yep. It's it's a it's a community where you get into a debate, and people want to debate about snow removal and the potholes and the poor pavement that we have here. Does it seem to you guys that this is worse this year? That the potholes around yes. here are worse, but I guess they're not. So the Department of Work said, oh, this is like a, a typical year. I have not heard in a typical year the amount of people that have lost like a tire. I mean, you're driving along, you hit a pothole here in Omaha, and you lose a tire. But what I'm trying to get to is I think this is a perfect time because they like to stir things up. No. It's not just you know, you. Gene behind home plate going, stir it up, stir it up, <laughs> at a Storm Chasers game. Yeah. Is he still do, he's still doing it? Oh yeah, he's he, still yeah. he good. COVID, health health COVID, is good. COVID didn't get him. Good. He doesn't good. come to as many games. Yeah, uh, and, he, and he'll be very he'll be very disappointed that uh, Jake Eisenberg is no longer here because Jake was his guy. Our buddy Rob Sternberg loved him, loved him. Yeah, I, I don't know that everybody shares the same. I, I well, when I say love, love to talk about well, him. The minor league fan is uh, interesting, like the super fan. Yes, that is so into it. Yep. They are passionate. They are loyal. Well, and you know this obviously yeah. very well. I had to deal not with just them. in Omaha, but yeah. But I, I mean, would you agree? Every every stadium has them. Oh yeah, it's it's part of minor league sports. If yeah. you don't, you're in trouble, <laughs> right? Because they're going to buy the jerseys, the jersey auctions. Yep. Okay, they're gonna they're gonna go on the road trip. If you go like to Des Moines to see the Storm Chasers and the I Cubs, mm-hmm. every ballpark. We were, earlier in the week we were talking about characters in Lincoln at a Nebraska football game. Every minor league, whether it be minor league hockey, minor league basketball, minor league baseball, even minor league football, they have a character, and he is one of those, and everybody knows him. I mean, yep. even the players know him because yeah. of the some of the stuff that he, you know, hip, hip, hooray. And it's a Sunny Delight bottle, right? Well, that's taking me back. That has the, uh, that he had, well, well at I least it, he, it was, it was like he, a Sunny D uh, bottle. He's got a, he's got a couple of different ones okay. that he it, configures on his own. I remember it was a Sunny D bottle, and then he points. Yeah. 
Stir it up. But when he's at a Storm Chaser game, everybody knows him. Yep. This would be a great opportunity once again this year. If they didn't get so much negative feedback, well, you're out, Marty, you're out in Sarpy County. They need to bring back Omaha Pothole Night. That was, and that, that was, was the, a thing? Yeah, it was. And that yeah. was the year that it was really bad. And I felt like, because it was right around April, May, because that was when the, uh, you know, again, I'm gonna I'm gonna speak like I know what I'm talking about here, but I assume you know salt's not over over salting and the different products on the on our great streets are probably not always good for the overall wear and tear. I'm just gonna assume that I might be wrong, but I feel like in April into May it got really bad. So where I think this year seems worse is it's already bad. It, it was maybe about another month or so is when you really saw the effects in Omaha. And yeah, when the Storm Chasers ended up doing uh, the Omaha potholes, there have been some great promotions. There have been some great uh, alternate uniforms and alternate names. That was by far my favorite. Well, it was supposed to be a joke. Yeah. They announced on April yeah. Fool's Day because right. it was going to happen on June 31st. But the response was... Uh, yeah, they're going to be playing as the Omaha potholes. And what was it Darren Rovell picked up mm-hmm. on it? Mm-hmm. And it went from being a joke because this was well, this was three years ago when the potholes around here were so bad to it became a reality. Yeah. Now, I never asked Marty this, but people in this city were livid that the Storm Chasers were making fun of the potholes. Oh, lighten up, Francis. Exactly. That's a great promotion. Uh, I love it. And the it. potholes are atrocious, so... So, I mean, yeah, they were doubling hey, as storm shelters. Hey, so I think that we need to do this. <laughs> there shouldn't be an April Fool's joke, uh, Marty. You need to bring back mm-hmm. the Omaha potholes. Yeah. 2.0. Yeah. I, I said the Is other it, day, the worst I've ever seen, and I've been in the Midwest yeah, 20 years, and oh, I was like, wow, bad. I didn't realize they're this bad here. Yeah, they're bad. They're, like, really bad. Well, like they, the people here in the city were like, wow, they're bringing attention, you know. They don't understand how potholes happen. You know, there's the there's the thawing and the freezing, mm-hmm. and there's really not nothing we can do about it. And all of a sudden, uh, they're making fun of us, even though I know it was more of a tongue in cheek right. promotion because they had well, they gave out Krispy Kreme donuts. Hey, yeah, uh, they had Rocky Road ice cream, yeah. and then they then they had like pot roast sandwiches. Yeah. yeah. So now we need to. This shouldn't be a joke. We need to bring it back. And you know what? And then for the people who. There are going to be a lot of scorn when you drive by and you see the road workers that are out filling the potholes. Yeah, you, you celebrate them. Absolutely. Let them, you do. Uh, let them come to the game. Give them free tickets. Well, I don't yeah. get mad if I see a lane closed because they're trying to help. Yeah. yeah, but the problem here, Jimmy, is I'm not seeing a lot of those, especially yeah. I travel a lot on 72nd. <laughs> Ooh, I was in uh, Blackstone yesterday. Uh, hello. It's, it's all over the we city. We were there on Sunday. It's all over the city. Yeah. It's It just seems to be worse this year. And I now, agree. And now you're starting, so people are livid. You you have the television news reporter, Channel 6, who basically lost her vehicle. Did a hit piece. On 72nd. Like, basically, the, the earth opened up and she drove into it. <laughs> and right. I thought, this is a great story to do. And then I noticed Channel 7 this morning, somebody at 72nd and Crown Point, they lost their tire in yeah. a pothole. So they're doing that story. Uh, oh. Well, there were, it got so, so bad three years ago where... Correct me if I'm wrong, but there was a time that the city was actually paying for car repairs. Well, you can make a claim. You, you can make a claim, yeah, because yeah. my father-in-law had to, because over yeah. by uh, 144th, just before Center, so right over by Oakview, um, you know, right over by those train tracks, if you're heading, I guess you'd be heading north on 144th towards Center, 
uh, yeah, he he like his tire went flat because he hit a, a pothole. And so, look, if if you what would you rather us do? Be pissed off about it and complain nonstop, or at least have one night to have some fun with it. I mean, come on. You also, choose. if they get offended, tell that to the person who lost their tire. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to complain because yeah. I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. Kyle, if, Kyle tweets at us, to be fair to Omaha Public Works, we live in a city where people get stuck on rocks and parking lots. I'm not going to blame potholes that, for oh, wheels. Oh, God, out. remember that? It had its own uh, Facebook oh, page. No, it's still around. Trust me. Okay, you're going to um, have to explain I don't, this. The West me. Maple Omaha Rock? Yeah, the, the, yeah they yeah. removed it because people kept getting stuck on it. Well, we, we, we decided that a big reason why is because of the blind spot in a lot of SUVs. Yeah. That you couldn't see it, yep. and so you would cut the, the turn off, and you would end up on a rock. Mm-hmm. And so, We're I mean, special it, kind around but here. you know what? The message received because they removed it. At first, I think they, they like, I, don't, I can't remember. I, I want to say they like either replaced it with a smaller rock or they shaved it down somehow, and then it just was gone altogether. I became famous. It was. It had its own uh, like Google review page. Yep, social CNN, media reviews. CNN came and did a story on it. It was That <laughs> was what? all in the same year. That was uh, in, in 19. That's in the plaza. Yeah. I, I go to my high V there. I saw that thing many times. There was one time we actually did see a car propelled on it. This was before it became a thing, and uh, I remember my wife and I continuously saying, how does that happen? And I, I think at the time you just assume like, oh, alcohol was probably involved or someone was texting. But then you saw multiple accounts of it like, what? how can this be a thing? This is, this is ridiculous. You need your, you're going to scooters and you just lose your attention? Like, what, what is happening here? By the way, if you're going um, westbound on Dodge, right as you get to be past 90th, right as you're kind of approaching over by like where West Roads and Regency is, you go through a set of lights, and then there is the median. There is a huge crater. Oh, yeah. It's right along. You know what I'm talking I about? I have it's my re- lanes memorized yeah. when I leave here. It's like, all right, got to get over it's here now. It's right get alongside the median there. Oh, it is a monster. I you guys would just take And you almost have to drive on the median. <laughs> this is the whole plan to have everybody get on public transportation in this town and mm-hmm. then into the streetcar. Yeah, yeah, there it is. Take the streetcar from here to Maple. It'd be good. Why don't they have a streetcar all the way along uh, 72nd? I'm sure that would not disrupt traffic. No, not at all. Uh, Steve Sipple is going to join us in uh, about an hour. So I have uh, very much tempered anything that is a video of guys working out, especially when it comes to uh, Nebraska. Uh, I look for certain things. I just want to see like certain players, uh, what they if they look different or, or a lot more. More, I do the the newcomers. Mm-hmm. Like you want to see new guys what they they look like. And Nebraska football, which you know, they've upped the ante in their social media game with new people that are here. And, and that's one thing, you know, they're going to win the offseason, is Nebraska's social media has, uh, you know, they've had fun. They've interacted with the fans. They've, mm-hmm. they've, they've played it rightly. So the video was released yesterday. And any video that has been released, as you watch, you try and figure out, they've got this system where guys are wearing black jerseys. And I'm pretty sure those are the, the most competitive and the, the I guess I would call them the winners of the day yeah. wear black practice jerseys. And it's not just defensive guys, it's offensive guys. And then I think the next step down is if you're wearing red, you are in like the second tier. Mm-hmm. And then there are green jerseys. Yeah. But I'm understanding that they change daily. Did I see a blue jersey in there too? Could have swore I saw a blue jersey in you there. You may have uh, heard Niner as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But but that's I, I 
I, I can't wait, and I, I don't recall, I don't think last week when Corey Campbell spoke, they talked about that, of, of what is the difference of guys' jerseys that they're wearing. So yeah. everybody's not just wearing red or white. They are wearing different colored jerseys. And, and black, if you see these videos and you see a player that is in black, it is like a reward he won the day or he is the most competitive or he's been the most elite. But I think Sip might know a little bit more about this. I think it changes daily. But that's one thing I notice. And then you're like, okay, who are the guys that yeah. are wearing Black. I notice a lot of the offensive linemen. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's a good sign. So Ben Hart. There's another thing I've noticed. And and you know when I don't know, this is maybe the, the skeptical part of me, Nick, is when I look at these videos, I'm thinking, who are they designed for? And are they trying to they hear chatter about certain players or certain workouts, and they'll be like, uh, fanboy, uh, look at this. So I'm always thinking, okay, are they spotlighting somebody because they're chatter about, are they in the program? What do they look like? Thomas Fedoni is featured a lot. Yes. So he's an important part, no doubt, for Nebraska's 23 season. Is he going to be healthy enough to play a season and at a position that still has a lot of question marks? Is it going to be Fedoni? Is it going to be Gilbert? Is it going to be somebody else? But Thomas Fedoni is now healthy, and your fingers are crossed that he can stay healthy through spring, and that when the season kicks off in the fall, Thomas Fedoni is on the field, and for the first time, we can see how good he is. Uh, the kid is a Hulk. So he looks like, physically, he's back. Yeah. But they feature him a lot, and I don't know if that's intentional to say, we know you've been asking, here is Fedoni in all of these videos, because I think every video that has been put out about their winter conditioning has at at maybe even a second to like five seconds to even more, Fedoni is featured. He is. And no, you're absolutely right. And not only is he featured, but he's featured winning a battle. So it goes as far as like, okay, here's what Thomas Fedoni looks like, but him winning a battle, looking intense, looking like he's, you know, the alpha. Um, because I remember when we started seeing images, and what isn't even necessarily videos, but remember when they returned it was maybe a day after we learned about Xavier Betts. And you saw Xavier in a lot of the photos. Yeah, by the way, he's the one yesterday he's wearing a black he's jersey. He's wearing a black jersey, yeah. So it, it is interesting that I, I think it could definitely be manufactured. I, I, in fact, I think there's a, there's a good chance that it is because of some of the names that people are either drawn to or ones that still you know carry a lot of weight here locally, whether we're talking about local guys or guys that people are kind of curious on what their status is with this coaching staff. And you know it and I know it, from everything that gets released, well, Matt Rule's got to approve that. Matt Rule's not letting anything get out on social media or as far as from the, the actual team itself you without he, him, without think, him giving it any kind of look. Really, you think he I, like absolutely? Look, he he looks at it before they release it. I I think he get I think he gives it a glance because hmm. I think he has his finger on just about everything, from messaging to what type of I think what type of narrative he would like to see. And, and I and I want to talk. I don't want to make it sound like I think that's a bad thing. I just think he wants to know everything and anything that's going on. So if it is some type of workout video, even if it's for you know a 90-second clip, I, th- I think he wants to make sure that what he would like the message to be is being portrayed in that video. So I think a, a message, and this is where I think it's genuine, and I, I don't want to read too much into it, but 
So there's a part of the competition. Uh, if if somebody stands in front of you and, and says, hey, this is what our identity is, this is what we're going to do, and then they don't do it, like, what happened? But if they preach something over and over, I don't know, mm-hmm. you're a religious man, you go to church, you got the you got the priest up there on Sundays, and they preach over and over and over, and then they don't follow through on it. Okay, just kind of empty promises. Yeah. What is one of the things Matt Rule said when he was in the Hawks Championship Center when he got hired? He talked about competition, right? Yep. We're always going to be competitive. There is no doubt with coaches that have spoken or these videos that you've seen, the competition in this program is everything. They compete at every single thing. So if he is saying that and then they back it up, okay, we might be cooking with some peanut oil here because you saw yesterday you have two young coaches <laughs> that are involved as well. I I don't recall, and I don't want to... You know, I want to compare here because everybody went about it their 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 different ways on how you do winter winter conditioning. Now, again, rule in three plus months, there's really nothing you can argue with. He hasn't had any bad publicity. By this time in Frost tenure, before he'd coached a game, even gotten spring ball, we had bad publicity. Remember, we had guys in the hospital yeah. from workouts. So competition is everything, and you have guys, coaches that are involved. I I don't recall many times in, I'll say the last 10 years or since they've started doing video releases of winter or summer conditioning, where coaches are in the middle of things, where coaches are like involved, not just the strength and conditioning staff, but actual on-field coaches are involved in drills or they're involved in, they surround themselves, they put themselves in the right in the mix with the players. Or I don't like, I, I think it's a bad look when you see a coach and he's standing in front of players and it looks like everybody's looking up to him, like he towers over them. Mm-hmm. I get the sense that Rule is one of them. Not, I'm here, you're there. No, I'm with you and we're together. And everything is in the middle instead of, okay, guys, take a knee and look at me. Eyes up, front of the room, here I am. I don't sense that. But one other thing I do gather from watching these, and again, I don't want to go over the top, but there's just, just a couple of observations that I want to point out to watch as this unfolds leading into the fall is they have for some reason, and I would hate it. I would not, I'm not built to do what they're doing, even at the age of, you know, 21, is they've made it like seem fun. Which winter conditioning mat drills is not supposed to be fun. For for some some reason, Nebraska football has made these fun, and I don't think it's just a clip here here or there. I think what they're showing and what they're doing is genuine. And I think that's a major start in going back to the discussion of the first hour about fabric, of fixing that fabric is you're giving off a genuine feel and you care about somebody, instead of, I'm here, you're there, because I'm the coach, you're the player. I'm the coach, you're the player, we got respect. It's a two-way street. Don't don't crash into a pothole, and we'll start here, and then we'll move forward. It's an interesting observation as far as, I know you're not saying Matt Rule's stature, like literally, but how it's portrayed. That's an interesting way to look at it, because as you're saying that, I'm kind of thinking about previous videos and how it is sort of the 
coach in the gather round. You know, it's time for me to speak. It's time for you to listen. What I think really comes out from, and I know we're talking about social media videos. We understand that. What's well, the only? Not, I mean, I, it's, it's what we, we have right now. Yeah, it's, the only it's thing, what we it's have. It's the only thing you have, right? To to kind of garner what's going on yeah. behind the scenes. So you're looking at kind of differences from maybe what you saw in the past to what you're kind of seeing because it's all we can really gauge because we have no cameras in there. We can't show up and, and watch these practices or watch these workouts, if you will. What I think, if you talk about the fun part of it, what I think is fun, and think about any time that you were going, whether you're a high school athlete, maybe you played you know, college somewhere, maybe you played small college. Think about those off-season drills, the non-mandatory slash mandatory workouts where eh, we're not taking attendance, but we are. What became so mundane about those, it's, it's the same routine over and over again. You don't see a game even within sight. Going back to competition, you make it about competition at the end of every day or if the entire day is based on competition, that generates excitement. And, and I don't think 18 to 21, 22, in some cases 23, 24-year-olds are that different from your 16 to 18-year-olds of what you need to be motivated on a daily basis when you're not in season when you're in season you always know what the weekend entails but when you're not in season what is going to keep you sort of dialed in every day and I think that's easy I think it's competition if you have some type of competition whether there's some type of measurable metric or some type of reward system whatever it might be that keeps guys very much engaged. And we've talked to Verz about this. We've talked to guys that have gone through the winter workouts, and they talk about how that is a very important part of the development process because nobody is watching. And you find out a lot about the guys around you. There are people that are going to take it very, very serious, and then there's going to be people that it's just kind of weighing on them. They're showing up, but that's about it. They're showing up. They're doing the bare minimum. You know, you're doing enough just to not get fired. But if you're one of those go-getters, somebody that's looking at bigger things in the upcoming fall, you want to be surrounded, as Verz has always said, you want to be surrounded by men, by dudes. And that's when you start to get that idea of who they are. You throw competition into the mix, you're going to get a lot more engagement. So I can definitely appreciate staying true to what Matt Rule talked about when it comes to competition because that's, especially for this coaching staff, you find out a lot about what you're dealing with before you even have your first official spring practice on how guys responded to all of that. And so I don't know how much competition there was in the previous mat drills and the coaching staffs and what they did with their winter workouts, but I, I have a tough time believing that they had this much sort of competitive involvement. Well, the competitive is the big thing. I think another thing, and, and O'Shawn Mathis, who works out today at the Combine in Indianapolis, and it's Mathis, Palmer, and Vokalek that are representing Nebraska, He, I, I think he said all the right things about his experience at Nebraska, why he chose Nebraska, you know, kind of what happened last year, is you cannot fool kids these days. I, I don't care if you're 8 years old or you're 18 years old or you're 22 years old. You can't fool kids. I think we were all, we were kind of naive and, you know, we didn't, we didn't second guess a lot of things. And I, and I, I think kids today are, are more observant. I think we were better kids, but you know, I'm a little biased. <laughs> I always will say that. But if you, we never did that. if you, so here's, here's, here's what happened last year. 
among other things, is that football team was very observant of guys that were coaching them and their relationship. And if you notice that one coach didn't respect another by either subtle, tongue-in-cheek things that they said or little swipes, you're like, whoa, whoa, that's my position coach. You don't trust him? You know, you why, why are you down here working with us? We've got an offensive mm-hmm. line coach. And you, ca- you, you pick up on those things. And then, you know, it's like, you know, we all know our parents. You know, like, okay, we, you, you're observant of your parents. Do they get along? You know, do they like each other? And you know when it goes south, you're like, uh-oh. Well, I, I think an important thing of this staff being put together is you can tell that Matt Rule's staff, which they have a huge commitment to him and he has a huge commitment to them, is they like each other. Okay, there's a camaraderie. And I, th- I do think that goes a ways as it trickles down to the players that they realize these guys are in it for us. They're not in it individually. They get along. They all say the same thing. They're not saying one thing, and then I go and we meet up at yeah. midfield and something else is said to me. And that's another part of, I think that's a good baseline to begin with, that then you can start to work on other things. If, if players feel comfortable that the guys that are in charge of them they're all on the same page, and they get along. Yeah, and then yeah. and it just adds to, I don't want to be up here and you're down here. Let's be together, but understanding there are boundaries because I'm the coach, mm-hmm. you're the player, you have obligations and responsibilities. I have the same thing. I'm going to hold you accountable. I want you to hold me accountable. Well, and that's what I think a lot of people, and we're we're still going to watch this thing play out with a position group like the wide receiving group, that the reputation for any wide receiver group is always, you have a lot of divas. Well, you've also got a 24-year-old wide receiver coach who doesn't have as much coaching experience as maybe some of the other guys on staff. Okay, that's just, those are the facts. How is that going to play out? That's one of the dynamics to watch for, but when I think back to the last staff, especially when Scott Frost took on some new faces, guys that he wasn't necessarily familiar with. And we can look back at this now and maybe not even realize it at the time. And I don't want to put words in your mouth. Maybe you saw this right away. I well, some people are not. Here's the thing. Scott didn't have the tools to do what Matt Rule is doing. Agreed. They might both be really good football coaches. One might be, has the tool set to be in charge of a football yeah. program. The other did not have the tool set to do what it takes to run a football program. And going back to your point about kids are observant, okay, whether we're talking about high school kids or we're talking about college kids, they're observant. And when you are getting the message from your position coach, you're hearing one thing, and then all of a sudden you go to, you, you're listening to your head coach talk, and you understand that, wait a minute, this isn't jiving. And then sometimes it does. It gets, like, like you talk about swipes at certain coaches, or it almost comes across as kind of petty they latch on, they, they being the kids, they latch on to that, and then they start to kind of see a little bit of a crack there. Now, if somehow, despite all that, you're winning, you're able to probably compartmentalize that, maybe push it off to the side, but when you start losing, I think that that becomes amplified because then all of a sudden you think there is, dare I say the D word, dysfunction. And if you are not able to get on top of that, and that's where I go back to the alignment, where they talked about you know, almost every assistant coach that went through the media pool talked about alignment, accountability. It seems like if that stays consistent, and we'll know the first sign of trouble when things are real, 
if that's still the tune that everybody's singing, regardless of who's available for comment after games and during practices and what have you, are they still you know, kind of staying on point with we're aligned, we all have the same vision? Because I know that that can seem very kumbaya right now, but if you think back to the previous coaching staffs, not just staff, I won't put all this on Scott Frost, but even Mike Riley and even at times Bo Pliny, that wasn't the case. You could tell that wasn't the case. There were differing views. There were guys that were going in different directions. And I know that every coach goes into a job wanting that to be the case, that we're all going to be in the same boat, we're moving in the same direction, same vision, everything. When you start experiencing adversity, are you still able to practice that? And that remains to be seen with this group right now. But right now, sure. I, I think you can see that Matt Rule, as you said, the tools – has a lot of those tools that I feel resonate with his staff, and I think the players are probably picking up on that as early as now. All right, Sip's coming up in an hour. We'll uh, we'll get his thoughts on this, and also uh, if you have a black jersey, if you have a red jersey, if you have a green jersey. Nick said he saw a blue, I saw jersey. A blue jersey or purple it, or something. Or you don't have a jersey. What does uh, all of uh, that mean? As uh, spring uh, football is right around the corner, next week will be the last week of winter conditioning. Then they'll take a little break. Uh, you have spring break, and then. The start of the uh, spring football is here, where Michigan is like almost done. Ernest Hausman, by the way, spoke yesterday. Yeah. He'll be back at the end of September. Mm-hmm. He got triggered by Chucky Hepburn being booed. Hello, Mama. All right, 736. It's mornings with Sharp and Handling at 1620 The Zone. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 